Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Get an announcement, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight we're going to rock you. Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so that's one of my favourite things. Just get it in there straight away. <laughs> uh, the subtle genius. Anyway, uh, today we are gathered here um, on Howard's ground once more. Um, I know you've missed us. We're going to be talking about the original and best mockumentary, rockumentary, 1984's stunning debut from uh, Big Rab, Rab Reiner, um, hitting it straight at the park with "This Is Spinal Tap." Which, as we all know, has become synonymous with just about any kind of um, rock and roll film or spoof of any kind. Um, it's an absolute belter. We've been dying to talk about this for a while. So, if you haven't already, go watch the film again in preparation. Come back and, and join us for the discussion. If not, and you've already seen it, which is probably the case, let's get into it. Good evening once again, fellas. We're liberated from our... Our headphone masters. We are, aye. Uh, we're having some technical issues here, so we're going analogue, like this, uh, or acoustic, I suppose, is a better way to describe it. Uh, we're, in, like, we're in the room. Just like our dads used to do when they were doing podcasts. Aye, uh, when they were doing the podcast, but I never had any headphones back in the day, they were just used the was as an amplifier, bounce it off of that, you know what I mean? How long have you been waiting to do Spinal Tap? It's been a while, not got to lie. Um, this is uh, any, any opportunity to actually have some sort of vehicle for most of the quotes that come out of my mouth <laughs> on a daily basis, actually channel it into something productive is, is uh, worthwhile because I suspect people are getting a bit sick of me just talking about it constantly. Do you, any, any of you guys have films like that? You, you, just, you, you know you overquoted to people and you've probably been a bit annoying? Mm, probably I, but most of the people would do it to do it as well. So. Aye, we are an echo chamber. Aye. I mean, if you, if you went back, like, what, 15 years, we'd all just be shouting Anchorman quotes at you. Yeah. <laughs> Remember those days. Remember those days. What would it be now? What would it be now? Yeah, it's still go back for some stuff, like, certain office stuff. And stuff aye. Like that. The office features uh, prominently, aye. Aye, aye so uh, what's been happening? What, what's been happening, folk? Ross, you're still a dar? Ah, still. How's that going? Uh, I'm just tired all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I have heard that as a common theme. I, uh, I'm still no da. Still no da. Uh, uh, so am I. I'm, st- I'm tired all the time though, as well. <laughs> non da related fatigue. Aye. Aye. I'm, d- I'm in the same boat. Um, I've got no time or energy and I've not even got a win yet. Aye. Um, so, you know, stay tuned for, for, for what happens when when uh, the burn arrives. It'll be funny. It'll just be like a, an episode where we're all just doing it for our beds or something like that. Three, three men and a baby. Aye. Should do that in honour. <laughs> That's a good one, eh? I like that. I like that. So, yes, we are here to talk about this as Spinal Tap. Ross, go and hand straight over to you. Hit us with the goddamn right, stats, will here you? Here we go. There's not much in this, by the way. Just oh, no, of course not. The no. Type of film it is. Um, so, 1984, I think we say it's a very short film, but 
what, an hour and 20. I think he was 82 or 86. Um, so I directed by Big Rab Rainer, directorial debut. Well, um, strong, strong at the gate was Rab. Um, so starring uh, Christopher Guest or uh, Barn Hayden Guest, if you want to give him his official title. I sorry, I saw, I saw that. And what, what is that? Like, so he's, he's actually like, um, his dad was a kind of was a lord, like a baron, um, in the UK, and it it been working like at the UN or something like that. So right. uh, Christopher Guest was born in New York, but when his dad died, he got the title, and I think he was allowed to sit in the House of Lords up until 1999, and Jesus then Christ. to get rid of kind of a certain amount of the hereditary peers. Well, good. Oh, well, and um, he lost his seat, but I think yeah. he was always kind of anti the Lords anyway. So, good aye, good politics chat. Um, also, well, well, what am I with it? just for this. Um, also in the film, uh, Michael McKean, yeah. uh, Harry Shearer, and uh, Rob Reiner himself. Yeah. Um, so, a two million dollar budget. Yep. Um, and I could only get a figure for the box office in America, mm-hmm. which was four point seven million. That, aye, I seen that. Aye. So. It's a, it's a, it's a, cult DVD. Not DVD, but you know what I mean. It's like, one of those ones rent- where they probably uh, wouldn't even have foreseen it turning into the franchise that it turned into. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's obviously made them a lot of money since. Yeah. Um, like shit ton of money since, but well, uh, there's, I think there's been a lot of lawsuits and stuff like that because of them not getting money that they were owed and things right. like uh, that by uh, March. Um, interesting. But uh, so maybe not a massive financial success, but definitely a critical Absolutely, success. Ninety five percent on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety two on Metacritic. Um, I think Siskel and Ebert both gave it four out of four stars. It's on numerous top ten lists. Um, people consider it one of the best films of the year, uh, nineteen eighty four. Um, I'm, I must have. I was. No, I'm not saying like I disagree with it, but I was surprised at the the Rotten Tomatoes score just because the film's so stupid. No, I, I was actually surprised it didn't have a hundred. I, I thought it would have. It would have had more. Um, Off the top of your head, now what films have got a hundred though? Like Toy Story three and like Citizen Kane and stuff. Paddington two. Paddington two. Aye. What does that even mean though? It's pretty much the way that they kind of score. Um, their percentages is weird. It's basically just the percentage of positive reviews. Aye, it's quite ah, silly. Right, okay, yeah, it, it is a kind of silly way of doing it. Um, because it's like I'm sure I read it had like ninety five percent in Rotten Tomatoes, but the average score was like eight point something or other. Um, but I would just like to quote that anyway. So there yeah. we go. Um, but I considered one of the best comedies ever. Yep. Um, it's a cult hit, cultural phenomenon. Um. Quoted endlessly, referenced constantly. Um, aye, pretty, aye. pretty highly regarded, absolutely. even by people in the rock and roll industry. Oh, of course, they love it. They absolutely love it. Aye. So, I mean, it's interesting you should say that because um, I think one of the, 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 the things about it in terms of it's critical it is very much a, a critic's. No, that's maybe the wrong word to say. It. It's like critics love it, musicians love it, like comedy fans love it. But there are still a ton of people who don't like it. Like who just find it boring as all hell. I've I've like, never must admit I've never <laughs> met anyone. Really? No. No. But, I've, but, I've, but I've, when I've, you think I've, about it, like 
if you talk about your friend, you all share tastes and that. So I, I just think there's a lot. I have definitely met people. Not maybe not definitely, definitely not musicians, but um, there's there's definitely a contingent of people that don't like it. I think maybe it's been shielded by that critical acclaim and the fact that it's almost like you can maybe understand why people who nowadays maybe younger folk because they're so used to the reality TV mockumentary spoof style mm. that they don't really get how groundbreaking that was. So that that really doesn't have much of an impact on them if it's not crude or like whatever. Then it's just not going to be funny to them. Whereas this is all too nuanced and subtle. Yeah, it's like you I, can see the Simpsons in it. It's that kind of like really yeah, subtle humor. Especially nowadays, say you're saying reality TV. So the people on reality TV nowadays do things that are way more ridiculous Absolutely. than Aye. anything in that. So uh, if 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 you kind of watch that, it's maybe desensitized you. Kind of some of the humor. Oh, people like if you show it to an eighteen-year-old now, they, they would think it's a documentary. Aye. Well, I mean that's the thing. So we, we may as well just start there because um, I think one of the, the things I always like to do with films that are maybe considered um, kind of culturally important or John special. John Gary plot first. Oh, sorry. Aye. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the whole uh, the whole uh, structure of our own podcast here. Aye. Yes, and then I'll then I'll go back to where I was. Go for it. So it tells the story of um, a documentarian by the name of Marty de Berge. Marty de Berge, yeah. Uh, was it de Berge? Are we going with... I think he says de Berge at the de start, aye. Uh, Marty de Berge, and he's doing a rockumentary on Spinal Tap, mm-hmm. who, which consists of Nigel Tufnell, um, David, David St. Hubbins, and Derek Perry Smalls, Smalls, and an array of oh. Perish drummers. <laughs> and it's about them going on a North American tour, and I think that's all we really need to say, isn't it? Aye. Just cr- like... Chronicling them at their at their ups and downs. Aye. Aye. The way any rock documentary does. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, so I suppose that's maybe where we set up, which is that um, it was something I like to do with any film that's considered like some sort of cornerstone of its genre or whatever, is to try and imagine being an audience member at the time that it came out. So this probably had the most profound effect on me because I, I don't know if you, do you guys ever do this when you're watching a film where it's like, I just try and like switch the mode that my brain's in when I'm watching it. I just try to imagine myself being like 1984. Like this is the this is the time I'm seeing it. And just imagine what the world would have been like when I, when you were watching it. Because Easily folk would have thought it was real. That's exactly what I was going to say. So like, I mean, there was no way of of really separating reality from, from what they were seeing on the screen. Um, and I think that's really testament to this and a large part of it is down to the fact that it's like mostly improvised mm-hmm. so that could have went south so much and the fact that that's what adds to the realism you're watching these guys literally improvise pretty much every single line and the that just makes people's interactions on the screen that so much more authentic like how many times in that film do you like the wee arguments the wee sort of like back and forth does it just look so real yep. because they don't have polished lines they don't have polished scripts it's just like all of that so I'm thinking in 1984 you would have just thought who is who is this band Spinal Tap yep. like and why have I not seen this documentary before so it's like that in itself is just such a genius thing it was the first day it's kind that I'm aware of Roscoe I don't know if you're maybe aware um well, probably with improvisation and stuff like that, but there's other mockumentaries before. Yeah. Um I would the, have, would um, thingy have not been well well the one about the the Ruttles and all that yeah, would have that been was there, before. But, but then again I think that's interesting because that's clearly a spoof of the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And very much up. Now the thing that Spinal Tap does is it expands upon all of the existing tropes to do with rock bands in general and 
elevates them to a, to a different level, which then completely um, sort of trickles down into like just normal life. Like you say, it then becomes just people just use these sayings all the time, regardless of whether you've seen the film or not. So they've taken like existing things, and and there's a uh, obviously one of the fun things you do is you just try and pick out who it is that they're referencing, who what what is the thing that they're spoofing mm-hmm. in this, and it's endless. Like there, there's there's I've seen this film probably fifty times, and there's probably bits that I'm missing every single time I watch it. Ah, there's there's loads of if you're not paying attention. Aye. There's loads of little small things that you would References, just miss. Aye. Uh, aye. Uh, this is the only second time I've seen it. <laughs> there you go. Um, only just because I do, I, I, I love it, but I, I don't know why it, it took me so long. Maybe just because I always wanted to keep it a bit sacred. I don't know why. It's weird though, because it's not something that's on TV very that's often. That's what I was going to say. No. Yeah. Um, but it's that short. I think, I think maybe well, that's why. Like, it's also one of those ones where you, it's because it's such a, a different type of film that you're, that you're, you're not going to like what. It's just weird things again, like the mode that you're in when you're watching a film. If you're going to sit down and you go, right, you want to watch a film tonight? You're kind of putting yourself in the mindset of a cinematic experience just I by know, saying yeah. that. You're not going to say, like, would you like to watch a mockumentary tonight? Ah, I know what you mean. So it, it sits in this genre that is one that it's not going to be something that's going to feature in people's home cinemas and or, or, or home viewing experiences that often. And I think it's almost the content of the film has passed over now, has been like, transferred into the cultural like uh, zeitgeist and is less about actually what's on screen it's more about the legacy or the stuff that's in it now and uh, so I w- it wouldn't surprise me if like people like myself like it's, they probably aren't watching it as much as as you would think when you said 50 times so. I will I'm sure there's people who watch that a lot more than that but I so it's I mean, I mean that's a good place to start it's just the fact that this was so ridiculously groundbreaking and Rob Reiner's first film <laughs> like to go straight in and make this like I suppose low budget, um, like mockumentary. We, I mean, how ambitious is that though? Because you're basically putting all the control. Do they not want everyone to be involved and get writing credits and all that? Is that not part well, of what it was I, doing? Every because there was no script. It was just like every they had like a kind of a, a brief kind of that right. This is what's going to happen in mm. this scene. You know, mm. yeah, um, you're going to have a, an argument about this, Aye. and then just go. And so every every actor was basically writing their own lines. Um, he wanted them all to have writing credit but the uh, Writers Guild of America said no well I think that's maybe one of the things that works to its, to its advantage though is the fact that because they would have had constraints on how much time they could spend on certain things or whatever it is quite heavily edit, edited like in, in the set, it, it's very choppy like it just it just immediately jumps to another place <laughs> and, and that mess with me there are a lot of bits in it that makes it aye Makes it funny. But I think that's exactly, exactly it works to its credit. It, it sort mm-hmm. of feels more like a sketch show than than a, than a film. It's just like, here's this setup that's going to be funny. They're in the dressing room. It's going to be hilarious. And then, boom, they're in a hotel. It's going to be hilarious. It's like, almost it just... like Rob Reiner, Marty is editing it, right? And Aye. like Nigel's being so stupid Aye. that he's just like, right, just cut this scene off and move on to the next Aye, exactly. one. Exactly. Because the, the go to 11 scene, the cut after he says that is Aye. like, it's like a split second after it, and it just makes it miles funny. Aye, it is. It is. It's, it's the, the rhythmic sort of timing of it. But I, I mean, groundbreaking. And else to add on that, like the fact, nineteen eighty four, it was it was uh, fresh and intrepid. Um, I, I think it was something probably that they needed in the music industry. Oh, that's, that's think, a good think, shout, actually. Aye. I think they needed someone to kind of 
Take the piss out them. Well, just to hold up a mirror. Take the piss out them. Look at how ridiculous it was getting. Yep. Aye, aye. Take yourself too seriously. Aye. Um, well, there's obviously been loads of people come out and say that the one I loved was just uh, it was just Aussie, like he yeah, yeah he's he seen it at the premiere or something, like that and he didn't know that it was that it was like supposed to be a comedy. He thought it was literally just like a, like some sort of like film charting what the life of an actual. Because you've got to remember, see if you look at where he was in the eighties, I guarantee you his actual wife would have been not far off that. Right, probably. Right? Hmm. Like, except obviously more money flying about maybe not as pathetic as fine with that but like I bet that means that he would have more creative control to do mental shit and all I, that it's probably more mental I, oh by far <laughs> but like so I can just imagine him sitting at the premiere like coked out his nut just like <laughs> face powder white just going up who's this band can, like, can somebody get them to support me like <laughs> next week but um, uh, there's loads, obviously loads of musicians have come out and sort of um, said how close, like, close to reality it actually is and uh which is unbelievable for, for those three. Um, aye, aye. Both, you need to count Reiner in it because he wrote it as well. So, But the, the three of them are just, honestly... Well, do you know something that admittedly I've never done a whole load of research into? Is I, I just, I'm just presuming that these guys, that, that McKean, uh, Cheerer and Guest, are obviously like classic rock fans. Really? Like, and and, mm. and they're able to sort of draw on this knowledge. Probably They probably grew up listening to like, a lot I of did, stuff. They played together in college. Uh, there you go, right? So um, it's, it's interesting because their approach to that is so authentic. It's, it's kind of like the experience. This is the thing I like about it. It's like when you're among peers, like people who, like, so if I'm talking to musician friends or whatever, like, and but it really happens, but if I'm in a situation where we're having a few beers and talk, it's it's how it's how deep rooted the knowledge of of like certain genres and things is that comes out in people. If you're talking to somebody about football or whatever who's like has as enough as much detailed knowledge of things as you, you would go to places and bring up stuff that nobody else mm-hmm. would. So the three of them are clearly like that with each other's shared musical taste and their shared background and stuff like that, because I mean, like I said before. Just who is this film about? I mean, there's been so many, like, there's been whole, like, God, pages and documents and documents written about, like, oh, who's who's it about? Like, who's it based on? Who's mm. the band? That kind of stuff. And it's like, it's pretty much everybody. It's yeah, definitely not it's one everybody. one band. They're has, like, they're, they're, they definitely lean a wee bit more into certain things and, like, they, they lean into the English thing quite a lot, obviously. Oh, well, of but, course, sorry. But the point is that their, their, their knowledge is so deep that they're able to just sort of... I would imagine there's probably even bands out there that benefited from Spinal Tap from the point of view of it being such an accurate parody of them that it probably drove their business up. Probably. Like, see, like, because there was, there was a lot of... There's a lot of, um, to me, Saxon is the band I think of when I think he's better. It's always been the band I think of when I think he's better. Well, they mention Saxon in it, do they not? I'm sure I'm sure they mention Saxon in it. I probably do. And I'd imagine that's like, they're just the band I think of. It's like the quintessential, like, sort of middle of the road English band that has lyrics about, like, druids and all that and fucking, like, and the the wearing the tight trousers and everything and props and all that kind of stuff and it's, I think for for someone who, like me, who's, um, not as knowledgeable as you to about yeah. it is the Who and Pink Floyd. Aye, oh aye, definitely. There's all those prog elements as well. Aye, it's it's. Try, try to think. Who it makes me think. Uh, I don't know if they were, if this was before they were Iron Maiden. Yeah. Um, and see with the kind of gimmicks and stuff mm-hmm. it makes me think about Alice Cooper. Aye, definitely. Aye, but I, I do think that 
Uh, but when you, see when you were saying everyone, I don't think he, uh, American bands like at all. For me, no, it's all no. British. Yeah, same. It's the humour in it. It's like it's, it's the, just the the, the the ceremony of everything. Like, I the, the just the performance. Just they are the most English characters ever, and the guys aren't even English. It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. That is, that's another underrated element of it is just the accents. You, uh, you never at one point think, "Oh God, that's three American guys doing a terrible English accent." Oh no! Like, for for years, I thought Guest was English. Yeah, so that years. I mean. To be fair, he's kind of... He is British. Like, he? I, but, he, but he doesn't speak he's, with a British accent, does no, he? No, no, I mean, he's like kind of... Like I said, his, his dad was British. And right. his so, accent was born in New York. Well, McKean then. Like, no, 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 his accent. They're all, yeah, all I think accents Loki might be the best, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> I, I changed my <laughs> mind. He is phenomenal, though. They're all so good, but he is the phenomenal. The first time I watched it, I thought Guest was the, be- right. uh, was the best, but that time there, I right. thought McKean was the best. Right. Oh, it's just absolutely... Tremendous. And Shader kind of knows his job. Well, like, it's, 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 his accent's clearly the worst out of the three. Aye. But yeah. he's, he's just kind of sitting and he's just looking on a swimming kind of. Just say something really fucking stupid of himself, aye, he, He's got the, the, the perfect line that kind of. What about the three of them? Aye. I love it so he's, much. He says, um, can't remember what one's what, but he says about like, um, oh, aye, Nigel aye, aye. and David. Aye, aye, like, aye. One of them's fire and one of them's ice. And he's like, I'm kind of in the middle, but kind of just. Complimenting them on look, look warm, warm water. water. <laughs> <laughs> look warm water. It's the it's the it's also the delivery. Like, I mean, they're just so deadpan in their delivery that it, it just makes everyone absolutely perfect. Like, it's that's one of the things that I think people are maybe like. It, it catches people off guard as the fact that nobody's laughing. There's it. no laugh track yeah. coming after this. Like it's like you say, cut next thing. Do you uh, know what I mean? Like that's just so amazing. I, I don't know how they held it together because I read that you know when they were all this improvising, and they tried their very very best to use the first take aye, like every yeah, time. So yeah. it's reactions. Like, aye, aye. So I mean, how can like you know when guests is getting, just saying these go up to eleven. You know what I mean? I look like, like my love pump. Like, right. hey, right. see, know, see that, maybe right. that is why it cuts so quick. Well, that's a good shout. Aye. See that the whole uh, go to live thing, right? So, uh, what, what type of amp is it? Marshall. Is, does, is it does, does this exist? Uh, they, will, they will have made them for, like, as a, a joke. But as a merchandise. No. No, that's the whole point, is that they've had cut, he's had a custom made one that's with the, the, the extra. I love the fact that they actually made one then. I, they're probably just fucking drawing it on there, yeah. but um, there's 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 actually been I remember scenes, so that that's another thing. When when I don't know how long it was at, maybe maybe early nineties or something like that. But obviously, all the guitar companies and the you know martial amps and that kind of stuff went on, took advantage of it as well, and they made these like April Fools like type products mm-hmm. or whatever. One of them I remember seeing, which was actually printed on the inside of a guitar magazine that I had at one point, <coughs> was. I don't know if you know what a capo is. Well, you know what a capo yeah, is, yeah, right? Yeah. Capo is like this. That was not musicians, but you've probably seen like acoustic guitar players where it's like a wee bar that goes over the aye, thing aye. so that they can play higher up the neck, right? So it raises the pitch of the guitar. <coughs> One that I seen once in the early 90s, whatever, was Nigel Tufnell's <laughs> signature <laughs> amp capo. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a big giant metal thing that goes through the cabinet of the amp and it's got like a big screw on the side that you turn me a lever and it's like and it just and it actually shows you like the amp like squeezing in like as it tightened up on it oh seeing that scene though obviously the the turn up to 11 hangs like mm. most savings but mm. how fucking funny is the bit where he's got that guitar and he's not played it and he's, he's telling him not to look at it and all that. Like, but the sustain i mean i mean just listen to that 
I, I, I can't hear anything. <laughs> but, yeah, but you would if it were playing. <laughs> not a look. No, don't even look. No, don't don't, don't look. even don't even point at it. <laughs> look, this one here still got the old taggers on it. Never been played. Yeah, you, you, you don't play it. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those all those guitars um, were given to them by a famous guitar shop in Las Vegas called Norm's Real Guitars. Um, thoughts and prayers to Norm. He's not in so well right now, mm-hmm. but um, so he's it's like, it's like a super famous shop where like it's all high, ultra high end. Like those guitars are genuinely like the most expensive electric guitars in the world. Um, which is just hilarious that they've just been held up with a prop where they all this stupid shit with a fag and all that. Absolutely brilliant. Um, but I like that that whole scene always cracks me up because there's as a guitar player myself, like that is a, a real affliction is just having all those guitars in I mean I'm not so bad now but at one point I was really bad. I mean having loads of guitars and just like n- fucking fuck what to do with them. Like no reason to have to have them, you think to yourself, I might need them at one point, but no, there you go. Just to just to have them. <laughs> see, see where we're talking about uh, cat and gear. So, I've the last time I watched or the last few times, I can't remember ever really paying too much attention to it. But when they're playing big bottom, <laughs> right? So they're all playing the bass. That's right, it's right? all bass. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> but Derek has got a double. It's a, a double neck in it. A, a double neck. Double neck bass. It's not like so. If you see like kind of. <laughs> But uh, uh, like 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 Jimmy string, Page I... playing Stereo Evans, he's got the twelve string. Mm-hmm. Like, it has just two bases in it. Aye, but they're just I both four strings. <laughs> and I was like, what, what is the point? Is it's there so any good, point it's ever? So good. Because <laughs> <laughs> all he's got to do is just play the same thing on the other. Oh, they're just the wee things like that are just absolute genius. Well, that's an um, example of something. An entire different, entirely different layer. Aye, it hangs that you would find funny that I would fucking clearly you know, not notice. You've seen the amount of times though that I that I've had watched the film and without knowing that Big Bottoms was all bass guitars. I know. That, that I, I never actually clicked yeah. right. That, that's obviously the whole point. It bass like the bottom. Like, the, all just, three of them are playing though, aren't they? Like aye, they're, they're, they're all And again, that's that's another element that really lends to the authenticity is the fact that they're playing everything you hear. Um, and okay, okay, it's like obvious that it isn't a live sound, pre-recorded, and they're miming over the top of it. But never as in films, anyway. as them though, really. Which again, just just really helps it to to be an enjoyable musical experience. Because um, as you know, I'm someone who struggles with, with with films that have got actual playing in them, or try to have actual playing in them. Um, because uh-huh. like they, the other thing is they know all the parts. So they're going to mind the right thing. They're going to like actually be playing the right thing while they're doing it, which I just absolutely love. Apparently, uh, Christopher Guest was really, um, really, really wanted to make sure that it matched up. Aye, that it, it didn't Aye. look like one of these ridiculous things Aye, exactly, where people yeah. are miming. Um, but I mean, they, they tour and everything. It's, it's quite funny because oh, when they tour, they actually like they support themselves. It's so good. I, like, as as um, the the the, the the kind of folk band. What were they called um, again? They were called. Uh, uh, keep it for later if you've got the question now. Huh? Nah, I don't, I don't have that as a question. Well, it was, um, it's the originals, the new originals. Was, and then the it was. People. What, was what was the band called it was again? The, the Thamesman. Ah, the Thamesman was. Thamesman, uh, sorry. What, so, no, but what was the Happy Band? Though? No, that's, that's what I'm forgetting. The, 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 the one they were the. Someone I love. Like, oh, God, that'll come to me. Um, but I, so they, they, they support themselves and then they come on a spinal tap. Aye. After that. that. Hey, they've got how many albums they got? 
Well, in the I think they've only released three in real life, aye. but in, in the, aye, in the film like they've got like fifteen or something, or something like that. Aye. I think it was actually fifteen albums in fifteen years. No, it was no. I remember because I burst it laughing at it. was something like seventeen and fifteen. It's just like again, that's that's another wee nod to like just like a lot of these like. If you go on, I'm just using them again as an example. You go on Saxon's like Spotify page, you will just see like vaguely the same album cover. <laughs> Like just some sort of Viking or or like some sort of warrior with a shield with the word Saxon on it. Forty albums. <laughs> <laughs> exact same fucking shit. Brilliant. Um aye, no, I mean it's it, that that aspect is so good that they go out and they do it live and I'd fucking love to go and see that man. I, aye. It would be it would be incredible. It would um, still be fun. it would still be good now. It, it would. Uh, it, it'd be I think it'd be weird because it'd be it'd be funny. And also, like, mm. I mean, the music's catchy. The music's we, so we, catchy. We all, we've all seen uh, people, like, older versions of people. Aye. We've been to see the Eagles, we've aye, been to see and they're all old, old fucking ducks aye, we're going to see, so it wouldn't have been different. Exactly. Um, I also love that they have the amazing Greg Bissonette on, on drums in real life, who's an absolute monster. A uh, guy that plays with, like, uh, he did play with David Lee Roth. What, he, um, does he play with Vic? He, uh, no, he just plays drums for them. Oh, in real life, do you mean? Not in the film? In real life. Oh, sorry, uh, right. Um, I mean, I don't actually know any of the, the. I don't know. I wonder. That'd be an interesting thing to look up. Is if any of the drummers in the film were I think, real drummers? Uh, yeah, I think they were. Um, but I'm probably missing something. The, the drummers are probably shouting at the at their devices right now. It was so and so. It was this guy. The bands I seen that they played for, I'd never heard of them. But then oh, really? again, I'm not. I'm not. My, my knowledge of metal isn't mm. isn't the best. So. Yep. Um, Aye. Uh, I mean, only the drummers then. Only the drummers then. So, <laughs> it, it is one of the kind of best aspects of it, and I forgot uh, about it. Who was it? There's a lot of bands who have kind of said, I mean, it's so true. Like, certain bands, the original lineup's been the same, but the drummers changed. Like, was, <laughs> I, I, was so it Judas that, Priest or something? They've had like 10 drummers. Uh, oh, god, right. Uh, I remember who the band is. There is a band that have had shit tons of drummers, I and it, oh god, I can't remember now. So I mean, again, is the drummers is part of it, but just the idea of the revolving door of musicians, mm-hmm. that was a thing late seventies through mid eighties with loads of hard rock bands. Yep, it was like you just had guys coming in and out switching from one band to the other. One minute it was in White Snake, the next minute it was in Poison, the next minute it was Quiet Riot. <laughs> um, you know, like. Aye, they just all shifted about constantly, but maybe theirs was maybe more from the era of like Leonard Skinner than like these Aye. guys where it was like they had this on un- this. I think it probably was Leonard, Leonard Skinner because they had this like completely unfortunate run where like I think three of their drummers died mm-hmm. in a row. So I'm, I think <laughs> that was part of it, honestly, aye, consecutively. So we've got um, I've got I've got the names then. Mm-hmm. Um, Stumpy Peeps. So we've got um, Peter James Bond. And Peter James Bond. <laughs> um, uh, Peter James Bond. Eric he, he, he died due to a, a unfortunate garden unfortunate accident. accident. The authorities said was <laughs> the authorities said that it was best, best to left. leave best, best left uninvestigated. No, no, unsolved really. <laughs> best left, yeah, yeah. unsolved really. Best, best left unsolved really. Um, and then we've got um, Stump. <laughs> then we've got Stumpy. Stumpy Peeps. Who, who, no, there's two. Oh, Stumpy and then Stumpy. So get Stumpy who choked on someone else's vomit. Just choked on vomit. Um, you can't, you can't it, dust vomit. You can't. Yeah, you one can't of the best lights. That's just incredible. <laughs> it was someone yeah. else's vomit. Yeah, you can't, you can't dust vomit. We don't know who's. And then we've got Stumpy Joe who spontaneously combusted. 
Uh, he exploded on stage. There's, it's just, there's, it's tragic, really. There's around 16 people <laughs> who spontaneously combust each year. He just left this little green globule yeah. on all, the drum seat. All that was left was a little green globule on his drum seat. <laughs> tragic, really. <laughs> And by the oh. end, uh, is it Viv or Vic? Viv, And then Viv explodes as well. The best thing about that is you forget about it. So, yeah. Because he's, he's in the film for so long. <laughs> and then just at the final scene, he explodes. <laughs> Tragic, really. Oh, it's fucking incredible. Uh, uh, and the, the bit where, uh, the bit where uh, Marty is interviewing him in the bath. And he's, and he's, that's pure somber look in his face it's like don't you ever worry about your uh, precarious nature given the events that happened to the previous drummers and he's like nah they've, I mean the law of averages really. it's, it's like I mean, the law of averages really I should be alright <laughs> bang explodes oh it's terrific man I mean why that is just such a like it just shouldn't even be funny just the fact that they all die like what it's like a, <laughs> That's like that's comedy writing one oh one though. You've picked, because you've picked three funny things. I but it's like it's comedy writing one oh one where you give it's like it's like a sort of something that you can anchor to, like that you know is running throughout the film. Mm-hmm. Like a, a sort of re- 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 recurring gag that doesn't even need to be a gag because you've planted the seed. Aye. It it, it can be returned to at any mm-hmm. point, which is exactly what happens because you forget. You, they've got the new drummer and after all that you literally just forget that that's a thing Aye. until that climactic <laughs> moment when they've got back together and they're on stage and there's just this big flash and like I'm absolutely every single time pissing myself laughing it's just incredible I love, I love that they use it they cut to the concert in Japan as well <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that right. and they bring uh, the guy's name up that's right <laughs> the oh, uh, god it's just unreal man so it is um Oh, what God. about uh, some of their albums then? We'll oh, talk yeah, about here some we of go. Them. So, I mean, they're, they're out promoting um, Smell the Glove. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's got a different meaning for us, isn't it? It does. Aye. Maybe the same meaning. Those, were, those, were, those were good days, weren't they? Smell mm. the Glove and all that. When was that? Like, 97? 90? Was that around about Wim Janssen time, Smell the Glove? Am I getting this wrong? Uh, I think it was Wim Janssen time, man. It was, wasn't it? They, yeah. they had the t-shirts and all Aye. that, right? <laughs> oh, God. Good days. Um, <laughs> I'll explain later. Okay. Um, one of the other albums I mentioned is Shark Sandwich, which got a two-word review, yeah. Shit Sandwich. Shit Sandwich. Um, but I think my favourite of their albums titles is uh, Intravenous De Milo. Intravenous De Milo. Aye. Aye, terrific. Aye, and then obviously the gospel according to Spinal Tap and the, and the review um, wrote, what was it? It's, um, all of the, all of the uncultured, like, Hogwash or whatever that's on this album, it's like it prompts the question: What what was God creating on the day that He created Spider-Man? Or couldn't <laughs> yeah. He have rested on Aye. that day instead, or something? Like that? Oh, I mean, it's just their reactions to it that make it so brilliant because it's just like they're just sitting there all with their legs crossed, just kind of like you can't print that. Just <laughs> <laughs> so good. See, that's the kind of thing that. Rob Reiner had probably wrote that down, aye, aye, aye. and he's like, right, I'll, I'll read these out, and it's then that's probably just a genuine reaction. Mm-hmm. They didn't print that. They, they can't. You can't print that. <laughs> Which brings us on, uh, as we were talking about the album, to I think a really underrated performance in the film is the manager. He's so good. He, he's he, actually he, fucking... He is Jeff Daniels and Dumb Dumber. He is, aye. <laughs> uh, what's, the, what's the manager's name again? Ian... Is, he's got is a funny sound like name. Faith or something Ian like that. Ian Faith. 
That's uh, what it is. Amazing. Ian Faith. What terrific. Um, Absolute belt of the air cock, eh, that lad? <laughs> oh, come on. Apparently, apparently he uh, co-created Spit and Image. Ah, What's his name? Wow. I can't mind. Oh, I, can't, I think uh, he's a really underrated performance in this. Do you know what I think he does? It's it's To, to people of our generation, it's just become known, known as the Tim from The Office effect. You know what I mean? Is it Tim? Forget his name now. Fucking Martin. Martin. Aye. That's Tim, isn't it? Mm. Aye. Aye. That kind of effect of like... Oh, the, the kind of normal the guy. The normal person who's in amongst all the madness. All the madness yeah. and, and like, it, it really frames their absurdity perfectly mm. because like he's he's just literally losing his shit whereas they're so wrapped up in their own fucking world that uh, they're impervious to any kind of stress or like inconvenience at all like it's it's hilarious his best bit is definitely the the square sandwich thing aye he's oh. just he's so frustrated and just <laughs> like, look at that then it crumbles in your hand and then, and then look at this like you can't pull it like that because then it hangs and then you go to fold it and it breaks I mean, I'm gonna get I'm a professional <laughs> And he's like, and he's over the top. He's like, I mean, what, 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 what do you want me to do? Do you want me to get this bigger bread? You need? No, no, <laughs> just you have to put this. Here. And it's like you can tell that's totally improvised. You can talk. They're just rolling with it. And do you know what I love about that scene? It's get Beltery Corpson in it. Uh, Nigel Christopher Guest is laughing throughout that whole scene. Every time he keeps looking up at him, you can see he's just like doing that thing where he's trying to hold his face straight, and he goes back and he's, he's sort of using the bread as a way to like he's like concentrating the bread, get through the thing. He's full blown, wasn't he? Should go back and watch that scene, right? <laughs> laughing all the way throughout it. And the other guy, he's he keeps looking down at him, and he's just like, so what? You? And every time he looks back up, and he has to look away. They're both just gone. It's so good. It's such a pointless like, ah. Oh, who who in their right mind would think that's funny? Like it's just, it works. It's one of those purely magical things that happens when people are genuinely, genuinely like laughing at each other. Like it's there's no reason for it. It's like infectious. It's like uh, there's there's no setup. There's no gag. There isn't no. even a written. Th- it's just somebody saying something that sort of starts tackling them and then they're, they're off now. Uh, there's no punchline it's, it's just, there's no uh, punchline either uh, exactly it's fucking brilliant but I was I was going to head on there so he, he's he's obviously massively underrated I think he's like arguably one of the most important things in the film but as we were talking about their albums that brings us on to another um, sort of point that we need to hit which is just the whole thing about the album right so then they're they're at the they're at the uh, the sort of record company meeting uh huh so, what's the woman's name again? She's got a... She's got like a, the Italian-American? Aye, aye. Uh, oh. Do you know, like, see her every time I hear her say this, right? Like, there's a woman, she's on all fours, she's got a dog claw, uh. a dog claw around her neck. <laughs> it's like, fucking Marky, Marky Mark's <laughs> fucking wife or something like that. It just reminds me of uh, the... See the, the lawyer... And the Simpsons when he's talking about the the copyright infringements, he's like Zinazor, Zinazor, yeah. right? That oh, every single time my brain just goes straight to that. But I that whole bit, that whole thing again. I mean, if they were producing, if a fictional band was producing like this, they're like wrapping the fist out the fact that like everyone's sex this is all male, like sex orientated <laughs> fucking things that is literally what every single fucking rock band in the 70s That's, right. that was it the, they, that was probably mild in mm-hmm. compa- comparison to like literally everything yeah. else Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I got to see the thing I love about that scene as well is um the Vulgate Cold Tours. I oh I know I said that. I said <laughs> the Shower watching it, I was cracking up at it. I, I it was it was from a deleted scene. Uh, they, they, were, they were all who was it, it was it's worked out better than the deleted scene isn't there aye because I was like, wondering and I was aye. like they've got herpes they've got herpes and they're, they're like they didn't explain it and I was like they don't, don't explain that well they're just a, they're a rock band with herpes it's aye, perfect it was, it was like uh, aye so they get herpes off a bunch of it's even better that they're just again like the cutting of that because you're you see it, they're kind of walking in from behind them, whatever, and then all of a sudden it cuts into their faces while they're talking to people, and, you, and it actually pans across them a wee bit. You just see them all get the same. Oh, terrific. So, I, um, so smell the glove, of course. Um, mm. It's come under fire for it um, being sexist, of course, um, to, which, to which Nigel replies, but what's wrong with being sexy? You know what my favourite thing about that is? Again, talk about super nuance. Everybody ignores him when he says it. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he just fucking puts it in. He can't even notice. He's just going with it. He's got that, like, um, just like chewing the gum hang. Uh, like chewing the gum hang that it's just. Uh, <laughs> and I uh, like that. See, the ignoring hang of harms like all the time. Nobody listens to him no. whatsoever. Uh, it's so good. Uh, so that's a, that's obviously another famous pit that you need to hit. Uh, what what are some other the the, big, well, the biggies? Stonehenge. No, I'm I'm just kind of running through like just still on the topic topic of the album when they do get it. Mm-hmm. The the record company have just put it. Uh, it's just, black. It's just aye, black. Aye. And like Nigel, they're very happy. <laughs> he likes it. Like, I mean, it's like, you wrote it in. I wrote it in as well. <laughs> I mean, it's like how it's like how much more black could it get? Not none. None black. No, none, none more, more black. black. None more black. <laughs> That's like I'm, like, I'm not kidding you, right? Was there not a thing? This is this is this is this is ringing a bell for me, right? What was the thing? Was it either MySpace or Bebo, or it might even have been before that, like AOL or something, where you could have like a tagline or messenger or something, like, where you had your name but you had like a tagline underneath it, like a like a quote thing or something. It like was that? it was MSN, I. Mine's was none more black for ages. <laughs> I don't right? remember that. No. So it was, it was definitely on some. It was just none more black. That was it. Because just, just those three words. Like just the the, the way this brain works to even say it like that. Well, how, me, how much more black they get? Me, none more black. You, you're like lucky nobody ever mistake you for an illiterate racist. Nah, exactly. Yeah. Well, well, probably did. In fact, yeah. you're better at it. So if you want to read it, what we did? It's the full part. The full wee part of that. If you want to read All it. All right. Aye, let's, let's 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 hear it. Here we go. Um, if you can read my writing, is it which one is it? Under just that first that one. Under. No, under quote. All right. <laughs> so organised. <laughs> I didn't realise it was like and the answer. <laughs> there's, there's something about this. It's 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 so black. It's like how much more black could this be? The answer is none. None more black. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ja, das Pause ist Nun. Nun, Moblack. Ich dachte, das ist ein Question. Terrific, isn't it? Uh, oh, fucking... The fact that you can see... You can, does someone not comment on the fact that you can see yourself in it or something like that? Ah, yes, uh, uh, Harry Shearer. He's, he's uh, looking at himself and the camera goes, he's tiny does like a face like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So there you go. Um, what was it you said? The Stone Edge. Oh, so Stone Edge, there you go. I mean, Stone Edge. <laughs> so good, isn't it? I love them getting lost backstage. Oh, Cleveland. That's Cleveland, isn't it? Is that yeah, Cleveland? It? I can't mind. Who has uh, it says that? Mind. A bunch of people have said... That's, that happens I, think I think it's based on. It happened to me the other, the other week. Yeah. See, you're in, you're in the dressing room and then you go for a piss and you're like, oh shit, shows in uh, 15 minutes. Literally end up in some service corridor and then it gets worse. Like, I, honestly, I get lost venues all the time. All the, the time. The, the best thing about that when they get lost in there though is an Ijo. He's just constantly like kind of like sticking his tongue out to the I, camera I, I, and I just, just, just waving like, the guitar like, every time he passes himself it. up. I gene himself up like getting <laughs> the camera and kind stuff. It's, it, it's one of those ones that's beautifully timed as well because the more you watch it the more you realise how it does actually build. Like it, mm. it, they don't just like it sort of gives you hope a couple of times and then it just gets lost. Like, stuck. They end up outside on the street and they go back in to the rain gig. The, the best thing is when they meet the sort of janitor guy or something like that. The Aye. guy's like, oh, you get down there, you whatever. And, and, and by this point, because they've already been identified for ages, they're all sceptical. And they're like, oh, but I mean, we've been lost. And he's like, you sure that's it? And then, like, David's in the just like, oh, I mean, we can trust him. Like, he, he knows where he's gone, that kind of stuff. And it's just like, literally 10 seconds later, they're back in the same bit with the guy. Uh, again, again, like, you're talking about like some Benny Hill level of fucking. Mm. But just so so brilliantly done. I think it's like you say, it's the fact that sometimes you you just you're taken by the visuals at all as well because just what they're wearing and everything. The fact that like of he, course. he keeps he keeps like doing his wee moves, sticking his tongue out and everything. If you were to describe the funny parts, aye, uh, aye. spinal tap, mm. uh, they wouldn't sound funny. No, that's that aye. exactly. So aye. then we've got uh, Stonehenge. So you see them having the conversation about it. <laughs> Nigel does a wee does a wee sketch that he's got to send to me. <laughs> cut to cut to them getting the real Stonehenge. And then Is it is it excuse me. Is it David or the manager that's talking to you? It's the, the manager. manager. Mm. He's like, oh this is oh, that's perfect. This is gonna look great this when is it's it. It, no, he's like, no, this is perfect, this is this is gonna look great when it's you know when it's at the right size and that kind of stuff is blown up and she's like, What? What? And he's like, this, this is it? And he's like you're bloody joking. <laughs> he's like, well, eight, 18 inches, that's what, that's what you asked for, that kind of stuff, right? And then it's like, then they start arguing, she's like, it's not my fault that you're getting up with, doesn't know the difference between feet and inches. And all that. <laughs> so Ross, you, you dropped a bombshell ways before this. I the the woman in that scene um, who made the uh, miniature Stonehenge is actually Angelica Houston. I'm mm. actually struggling to even picture. Nah, because you're not looking at her, is the, nah. is the point. Mrs. Shark Nicholson. Wow! Holy shit! Mm-hmm. There you go, right. Jack Houston, One of one of a couple. Okay, about the bloody that kid. Uh, <laughs> one of a couple of uh, wee cameos in the film that are, are very well, brief. You've got so she's in it. You've got uh, Dana Carvey, right. who would go on to uh, yep. be Garth uh, Wayne's World. Um, Billy Crystal, yep. mime is money. Aye. Um, <laughs> you've also got uh, Paul Schaefer, Aye. who was. Um, <coughs> Letterman's band leader. Yeah, he was the sort of band leader type guy, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Aye. Aye, I don't, I don't see him in mm-hmm. uh, Hang Me Though, Spinal Tap. He's the guy that organises the signing. 
Ah, oh, the, the record but then it's the guy who's trying to get him out. It's the array of tools that he gets through to do it. He starts off just like pull up, then he's got like a crowbar, then he's got like a spanner and that, and then you just you, the genius bit of this is it goes away from the song, right? Like it goes away from so it cuts away and it shows you like from the crowd, and you hear this like metallic concert, and it sounds like an effect, like a percussion. So it's in time, and you, so your brain just thinks it's like a part of the song. It just cuts to him like whacking it with a hammer. And then he's got a blowtorch at one point as well, <laughs> trying to melt it open or something like that. And of course, of course, the triumphant moment at the end, they, they knock him back in the pods after playing the last chord. He busts it, and he's like, again at the big legs, comes back in, gets caught in the door. It just cuts immediately. Like, that's, the, the cut is so quick on that. He barely just gets caught, and then it's like, on to the next thing. You've also just... get um, Derek in through the metal detector Aye. as well. Oh, I'm, I'm pressing a button here, guys. His dick. Ah. <laughs> you know what I mean. So he's trying uh, to. So he's got a. Uh, is it a, a, cu- a, cu- a cucumber wrapped in tin foil? Tin foil for his for his penis. Absolutely terrific, man. I mean, we've got armadillos in our trousers, <laughs> but, but they're afraid. <laughs> Women are afraid. <laughs> now, I've, I've, your audience seems to be mostly young boys, teenage boys. And can, can you explain what that is? Well, it's a sexual thing, really. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I believe everything I read. I believe everything that I read. Uh, is, uh, I mean, we've got armadillos in our trousers. So, women, they're afraid. They see that, they're afraid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, so you could literally just do this on it. I, th- I think my favourite, like, can I say there's loads of good cuts? Right. My favourite one is at the Air Force Base. Oh. When like kind of Fred Willard's kind of talking the, the uh, sergeant and he says like, "Can you play something slow?" Like and that's doing it. It's just cuts working right on in. a sex farm. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I I forgot all about that, but uh, actually that is just absolutely tremendous. I that, that's that's where Nigel quits on it. Aye, aye, because he, st- he starts getting the, the air traffic control phrase. <laughs> which, is an on, which is an ongoing thing, that, because at the end, he's getting like a taxi company coming through. <laughs> oh, honestly, man, that again, <clears throat> it's funny in and of itself, but like, having done that myself, like that has that has happened to me. It used to happen quite a lot, actually, when I was playing pubs. You would you would just get random signals coming through your amp or something like that. You're just like, right, okay, just need to go with this. Like... Oh man, again, real stuff there is just absolutely tremendous. So I, um, I mean, we could literally talk all day, but you, you were saying how you think that uh, uh, McKean's arguably the best in it. You want to elaborate on that? Why? why, why I've never really that? talked to him too much. Angie's just like, he's clearly not as stupid as Nigel. 
He's the most invested. It's his, it's his baby in it. The man, the like, man's his baby. Um, Aggie he looks the he looks the part. He does. I just think he's just. Wait, guest has got all the best things in it, and mm. maybe I was just paying a bit more attention. Eh? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe it's just because I love Michael McKean because he's just amazing in anything. I love the bit where they're talking about uh, the first song that they wrote and that kind of stuff, and it's just <laughs> it's the look in both of their faces when they when they're like, I don't know if they've just made it up on the spot or something like that, but it's like and it's, just, it's just the wee bit uh, of glee that they get to they get to indulge that wee story again, which uh, is probably something they've just come up with for a laugh. Uh, and then it shows you all the old pictures and that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> like, fucking that that is genius in itself. But I think like you say, because the band is clearly David's like mm-hmm. project and stuff like that, it's his baby. It's just he he's t- he simultaneously is like the most serious. Aye. But also the most absurd. Aye. Like it's that's that's a real thing again. It's just like it's his thing, so he's taking it the most serious. But the other people in his band are just like these periphery characters who are just like completely and utterly mental. I mean then you've got the whole thing of the girlfriend coming ah, in, mm-hmm. you know Yoko or yep. whatever. I mean, there's it's probably it's probably just become synonymous with Yoko now, but I'd ah. imagine there's loads of other examples of it. Uh, that whole bit is absolutely terrific as well. Ah. Like, from from when she turns up and just the way that Ni- Ni- Nigel just glaring glare at us. What's the word for that? Gla- I just glare. What is it? What is it? She says wrong in the cafe, and he keeps repeating it to her. <coughs> I can't remember. Like she says something wrong and like he just I, keeps I, I remember I, and then like he's, he's on this story and then he just like finishes the story by saying it again and he just busts out laughing to himself and everybody's aye, just look at him. That's right, aye, aye, aye. Aye, absolutely terrific, man. Um Roscoe, who's your MVP in the film? Uh it's still still guest. Um it he's got all the most iconic aye. lines yep. in the film and it's just just ridiculous, like how he could get I mean, see that skeleton t shirt. But just how he's come up with something so funny. Aye. These are the exact, <laughs> my exact insights. Yeah. And, and, the, the, but would, would they be green? green? Yeah, but yeah. they won't be green in, in my body. <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Uh, what about you, Buzz? Aye, it's got to be guest, man. Yeah. Got to be. Um, it probably is still him, but I, I would say that I, I noticed making more aye. this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think like there's there's just they've they've done so well. Let's say to layer like to get really really deep deep rooted references and stuff into it, and it would be a whole thing in its in, in itself. I would imagine uh, again. Do you know what? Actually, doing this podcast does make me realise I should probably I should probably go and like really get into it a wee bit more because yeah. um, there's like I say there's so many things there that you can kind of, you can kind of point out. Oh, that's that. That's that. Or whatever. I mean, you would. I, I, I mean, you would go and see Steel Panther, so oh, why would I, you absolutely. go and see them? I mean, I was, I was sitting to Sean, like, throughout it, I was like, oh, that's that band, that's this band, whatever, and it's like, I'm probably missing so much, it's unbelievable. But I, it's good to be I don't think it's really about that, though. I don't think I don't no, it's, it, it's fun, like, one thing we mentioned before we started recording is just how short it is, mm-hmm. and I think it really doesn't, this is a kind of film that could have been, it could have been 40 minutes and no one would really... Cared. Think no. about how much stuff they've cut out that's not in that film. Well, if you're, think Im- about if you're how improvising in loads. So that's what I'm saying. So think about how much absolute gold is actually there. I mean, it could have been. It literally could have been just one of those things that was just like a like a, a short film, forty mil- forty minutes or something. Like that. No, it would still have been legendary. Well, it's it's the, there's no plot. There's a nah. series of funny nah. funniest fuck moments. Yep, that's it. Uh, which which leads us on uh, to pure quality. Pure quality. And indeed, pure shite. This is going to be tough. <laughs> Very tough. Very. I mean, see, I almost feel 
like uh, like it's unfair having to pick a pure shite because the the type of film it is and the fact that it's all improvised means that there probably wasn't any conscious decisions into much like you could, it'd be hard to say this is pure shite. This is the the hardest one uh, any film we've had so far, which is one I see because it's so short exactly. as well and everything's just everything's gold. I've I got know, I've, I've got one, but have you? Uh, I've not. I, I was. Do you know something? I did have. Have you got one? I'm, I'm struggling to think. Well, I did have one, right? And right. then I read up on it. Ah. Uh, and then I don't anymore. So, you right. know, the bit where he's on stage and he plays guitar with the violin and all that. Oh, uh, But that, that's <laughs> based on, like. Right, that's, that's my pure quality. Was it? Aye. Really? Yes. So that's that was based on. Is it. Was it Jimmy Hendrix's page with it? Like, so the, the joke. Oh, yeah, actually the, done it. No, no, no. So the joke is that Jimmy Page did it with the violin bow. Mm-hmm. Ah, as sorry, in, that's to what play it was. the guitar like a violin. So that's what he it plays was. it with the violin. Yes, sorry. Aye, that's what it was. So he's making a racket. This is my pure quality. So he's making such a pure screeching Aye. racket, and it's just noise, and he tunes the violin. And he starts uh, playing another one. He plays the, the guitar on the stand with his foot, like just, just strumming the. Oh, that, you've no idea. How close to the the what's the word from I'm looking for here to the just like ostentatiousness of like rock guitar players that actually is because regardless of what kind of racket you're making, any opportunity to make a spectacle like yeah. that they will take it. Mm. I mean, Jimmy Page used it for a musical effect. Um, you know, like there's there's loads of other people who like done things with play different two guitars at the same time or whatever like he's literally not caring that about, about that at all it's just the fact that he's he's standing with that so it's more the look uh, that's just such a real thing that it's brilliant and it's and there's two things that crack me up about that it's the actual racket that he's making if you actually listen to it because you're, you're spending so much time just looking for, oh, it's funny he's playing it with a, a violin but just listen to the utter <laughs> fucking like horrible noise he's making and it's the serious look in his face while he's doing it as if it's the most incredible <laughs> like piece of art that's ever existed Very much. And then the wee stop midway through scraping a violin or it just to tune the violin. Aye, that was something like that. The violins, what's make, causing this to so sound the like only reason I put it is because I struggled. That, that actually is the one. I've got one which I think, I think you'll both agree with, to be honest with you. For pure quality? Pure shape. Pure shape. I think the, the, if you were to make it new, then mm. they, they wouldn't have the start the way they did. You know, the start is basically an introduction by yeah. Rob Reiner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. They could have oh. done that differently. I don't know why, right? I've got, and this is just what this film does to me but see when I see his face at the start when he stands up <laughs> off the chair I just start laughing <laughs> right I can't I can't explain it it's just hi I'm Murray de Burgi right. it's already I'm laughing and I don't know why see I like it because it's it's like a kind of taking the piss out of documentary makers aye, as aye. well and like they, how they insert themselves right. in <laughs> that's exactly kind of I suppose aye. but that even that the, you want to get that no Should we, um, should especially a well, no, because because it's not really done anymore. Anyway, I with that, I don't really kind of pick one anyway. How, how much would you pay to like see like something like Werner Herzog do like a, a documentary on? I mean, I suppose that Anvil documentary was kind of as close to a real life Spinal Tap as you can actually get, wasn't mm. it? Well, you've ruined the, the next pod if you ever do one for me. What? What do you mean? Anvil was going to be in my top three. Was it? Aye. Oh God. All right. Okay. Probably isn't new, but. <laughs> Um, what's your pure quality then, Martin? Since me and Barry don't have pure shades, um, it probably is. It probably is eleven for everyone really in it. But mm. I've I've picked I've the quote you said the 
None more black. Mm. None more black. There you go. I've also wrote down um, spontaneous combustion, but that's just... <laughs> it's, it's like seriously, it's like an APB. It's like uh, they've, they've had the first hand experience, like educate the nation. Like, yeah, people uh, apparently like, people die of spontaneous combustion every year. Absolutely terrific, man. Um, right, cool. So that is. You know what, mine now. Oh, no, sorry, Ross. I, uh, yes, uh, Con- contribute. Mine's is the. The um the back in Mozart inspired oh, uh, song. Oh, in, I've been fucking even mentioned D, in D minor, which is like my love pump. Right. This is a, and he's tuning, he's tuning them. Like my love you know, pump. I'm, I'm very uh, inspired by Mozart and Bach. Really, so this is kind of like a Mark piece. <laughs> uh, it's in D minor, which I find is the saddest of all keys. <laughs> uh, so uh, ha- haunting, really. And it, it, it's, it's like he's playing it, and Marty's like still nerding with that. He's like just. It's a beautiful, beautiful, it's a ha- haunting. So, so what's this called? Uh, this one's called Lick My Love Pump. <laughs> cut, cut to the I next thing. They, they, must have had, they must have been absolutely buckled into it for that, because it is such a kind of that sad, slow song that he's playing on this piano. Oh, uh, it's just utterly legendary. You've got to think like guys like Bill Bailey took a lot for this. Probably, <laughs> like, see, just that that way to actually use real music for comedy, like, in, in the sense that not comedy music in the sense that, like, dum juk, dum juk, dum juk, let's say funny things. Like, I think that I've never I'm probably gonna piss some people off here, but I could never get into, and I still don't get into <coughs> your Tim Mentions, your Bo Burnham's, that these different people. I can't really get, like, I understand that they're, I get why they're funny, right? But it is the, I always find the music so lacking that, it, that, that there's not enough like content in the music for it to be funny, if that makes sense for me. like the, There has to be some level of, like, the music has to stand up on its own almost. I'll give you a perfect example, right? The music has to be funny or, or, on its own. And that doesn't mean that it has to be like, comic in nature. It means that it has to be seriously like composed for that purpose. I'll give you the perfect example. I'll probably start doing the tune and you'll just get it straight away. Right, that whenever I hear that tune, the minute that starts, I'm, I'm pissing myself laughing, right? Because that represents exactly what you got here. Whereas I think a lot of like musical comedians, they just take the safe route of just like picking four chords and just like and then just saying something over the top of it like, in this sort of recitative manner, and it's like. That that's not the same. I think the Spinal Tap thing is because they have the vehicle to actually write the music that they're what's the word for it? The music that they're trying to parody. Mm-hmm. That just adds to the whole thing and makes well, it I've, far I've funnier. Can I say I've ever heard any Tim mention? But Bob, Bob Burnham's a genius, isn't he, Ross? I know he's brilliant. I, I mean, I'm just I'm just picking it out. Of that I'm just saying that I, I think the musical aspect of it, the stuff that I've heard of him, just seems to be very doom juke, doom juke, doom juke, doom juke. That kind of like I've got like a jaunty piano thing and then I'll just say all my stuff at the tap it. However, um what I'm trying to get at is like the, there has to be a level of authenticity to the music for it to to work for me because it's that's, a different it's a different hanging entirely it is. for me. I, I get what you mean, like with that Tim mentioned definitely. Um Bo Burnham some of songs are definitely like that. I have, um, that's all I've really seen purposefully. Well, I, I, I think he, like, I, cause he's just using like, that as a, a vehicle. But some of the other songs that he does, they, they do kind of stand up mm. themselves yeah. as like, this is like a catchy pop song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. But then that's like to go back to the, to go back to the um the, the, the Bill Bailey thing. I think he's he's probably a, a to me a better example of someone who has the Spinal Tap 
esque thing where what he plays is in of itself a spoof of a genre. Mm-hmm. Like, so he will do like the folk thing or the yeah. and he's spoofing the genre rather than writing entirely new music. Aye, so aye. that not that's the wrong way to say it, but rather than um, coming up with new material, he's already taking existing tropes or whatever and going with that. That works for me because that's kind of like I can put myself straight into that world and mm-hmm. either it works or it doesn't. But I that's the beauty of it because there's even elements when I look at that the whole like my love pump scene where it's like <laughs> all you have to do is look at the eighties bands like the hair metal bands and that kind of stuff. They had the they had the, they loved a ballad. They loved a like we've just wrote nine songs about sex and cocaine. We need one that's a bit love and how like you're too far away and I need you to be very close to me and like you went away and now I'm trapped in some sort of um world that's usually white, satin, loads of cotton and everything and you're somewhere out there probably on the beach or something like that and that shit is hilarious and they just they just nailed it with that as well. Absolutely nailed it. So there we go. Uh, that was pure quality and indeed pure shape. So we're going to move on and we're going to go down right this, eh? Yep. Okay. Um, who wants to go first? Any any takers? Yeah. Okay. Um, so again, just to give the brief diatribe beforehand, um, we've we've had discussions about this before with comedy films, and there's been some. Uh, we've maybe not been sure how to go about it. I just I always just have to uh, rate things or compare things based on the genre that they're in. Um, this was an originator of an entire genre or take on this type of film. Um, what it did with the budget, improvisation and all that, it wasn't a huge production. Completely and utterly culturally important. I think I think it's been like one of those films that's been protected by the whatever it is, the mm-hmm. US yep. film. You know, they're like, this is culturally important, we need to preserve this. Mm-hmm. So and that's the way I feel about it um, as well. I just think it's it's it, it started so much and has almost sort of cemented what it's probably done a lot for rock music as well because it's kind of made that that whole world like accessible and entertaining to people in a way that it maybe wasn't before. Um, beyond that, it's just like to me, just side-splittingly hilarious. And a lot of it, like you say, it doesn't have punchlines either. It's not a punchline film because it's filmed the way it is. <laughs> It just gives me the giggles, and and I, I usually just start laughing all the way through it, even though there's pretty much always like not much happening on screen. So I'm going to cut to the chase. <clears throat> I'm going to give you eight point four. Um, eight point four. Really? Yeah. That's extremely low. <laughs> no, because uh, I because uh, I can't put it right. So the, again, the thing is, I'm I'm judging it in terms of comedies, right? So eight point four. What I mean is that. It's not in... I wouldn't say it's in my top 10 favourite films of all time. In fact, I'm sure it's not. But... Just in terms of comedy films. You know, it's it's up there. I'm, I'm, I can't really think of many comedy films that if, if I had any in my top 10 would, would be more than that. So I Aye, think exactly, it's... Exactly, and 8.4 is low. No, I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking of a new rating system. I don't want to be getting it. Like, I, I don't think it's worthy of a, of a, of a 9 from me, personally. If it if it had been, if it had been like I would something that would have, would I gave it a nine would have been if it had if it was longer, if it had a wee bit like more of an arc to the story. It's very short and doesn't have much like I, I, I'm not really saying this as a negative. I'm just mm. saying that had these things been present, 
uh, maybe like a like a backstory or I don't know who knows even if it had a sequel or something like that and, and the, the first one coming. there you go and it maybe framed the first one a better way or whatever 8.4 there you go surprised at that yep me too really surprised I'm um, trying not to fling out the 10s and 9s too much you know what I mean I know I just I think I think it has to be like I, I don't know I don't know do you want me to go next then alright uh Pretty much all the same Barry said, the the positives. A really short film, I think it works in its favour, you don't get bored or anything. Uh, And like literally you wouldn't cut anything out of it. Everything's great, they've just condensed it down to this kind of 80 odd minutes Mm -hmm. of just like genius. Um, Okay, there'd been some mockumentaries before, but this is like just created, like really launched it and there's so many more of them out there now and there's so many films that owe so much to Spinal Tap um, just the impact that it's had on culture yep. everybody knows about Turn It Up to Eleven Aye. Yep. doesn't matter if you've seen the film or not yep. you could hear somebody saying that and go ah Spinal Tap Aye. and they'd be like what? Aye. Oh 100% Aye. Yeah. Um, it's it's not in my top 10 films all the time but that's, def- them, that's... Def- definitely in my top 10 comedies. Um, I'm immediately regretting this score, I'm not going to lie. I know, you've, you've <laughs> absolutely fucked but, it. Uh, you can change it now. Episode 50 is coming up soon, we'll leave it to that. Um, as I said, there's, the only reason I'm not giving it like kind of a, a perfect 10 is because there is still a few comedies that I think, like for me, mm-hmm. I enjoy more. It's like, Obviously, it's objective and everything. So, um, But just where it scales with those other ones, I... I I'm giving it a nine point six. Oh, mm. baby, that's that's fine. I, I I generally came I came here the night thinking when you were going to give it a ten because <laughs> it is kind of perfect. If if see if it was like my my favorite comedy film of all time, then if 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 I thought like you well know, okay, so I uh, I'll just quickly jump in and say right so <laughs> I I I mean I fucked it, Ross. I have fucked it right, but I don't. I can I can I see myself giving it a nine or something, like that, but I, I would I would I'm just trying to think of what those see those see if you think of those those ten decimal points that put it up to the ten. I personally think of that as an exponential thing, right? It's like to gain another one of them towards that ten, it's going to have to be a big big thing. Do you know what I mean? You don't get so you're not I, getting loads of airtime to explain yourself. I, I, I know, but I need to, it's, I'm rationalising. Allow me to rationalise because it will help me when I rescore it at episode fifty, right? Oh, so you're playing the long game. I'm playing the long game here. I um, so I I don't know. Um, I, I think in in terms of comedies, I like it probably would it would be really really high up there. Mm. It makes me kind of makes me think it's in the same. Um, area of of importance as things like airplane Aye. and stuff like that because that's similarly tongue in cheek even mm-hmm. though they're different genres but they're also they're, they have this fast and loose thing about them whatever so I think in that element they've they've, they've got to be right up there in terms of comedies mm-hmm. do you know what I mean maybe we'll do like a not only will I get to rescore it but maybe we'll do like a a comedy thing where we can go like because I always find it weird like we're talking about, a lot of time we're talking about really serious films. Mm-hmm. And then it's like my brain just doesn't know how to like really score nice. like a comedy. I did the same way. What was it? There was another one I did it with where I was like, oh, it was other comedies or whatever. And I'm like, me, myself, and Irene. And no, uh, there's something about me. Aye. 
And it's like, I, I probably should have given it more, but aye, here we are. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I'll give it an 8.6, which is nonsense considering you clearly like it better than me. So you've Well, been, there you go. There we go. Um, but you heard it here first, folks. Our scoring system means nothing. It really doesn't mean anything at all. <laughs> we really should stop it. Uh, no. It probably, I would, need, I would need to think about it. I would say it probably is not in my top 10 mm-hmm. comedies, but that doesn't mean the the running time really, really works in its favour. Yeah, yeah like, Because there'll be something funny happening. You can in five say minutes. to someone who, like, maybe thinks that they're not going to like it or whatever, like, Shan, she'd watched it, um, I think, once in like six years in school or something, and she said she didn't like it, thought it was really boring and that kind of stuff, right? And then we watched it again. And she was like, no, she wasn't like rolling about laughing, but she was, she like, she enjoyed it. She was mm-hmm. chuckling. She like, well, see that. It's so that kind of thing where it's just an enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not getting every joke and every reference, you still you're kind of like, this is fun. I don't think it's side splittingly funny. I think that there's, there's, it's really funny. Aye. but I, you don't like burst out laughing at it. Aye. but maybe it's just because you've seen the. Oh no, there's so many things. There's certain bits where, to me, like I was explaining to you before, like the, it it. I don't even know why they make me laugh. Like it's just like a, a sort of I just start it's going name. and then I can't I can't uh, stop once I've started. If you look at Nigel, you laugh. Do you know what it is? It's so similar. Now you're talking about the office, like how those things that come like that. It's like the, it's the same with David Brent. If you just look at him in a scene in his body language, you just start laughing. Uh, like it's it's total genius. That's that's the real geniuses that can do that. It's the kind of stuff you forget. Obviously, they kind of turn up to it. Like you remember that no matter how long it's been since you watched it, but you do forget some of the things. So the yeah. kind of most I laughed was the you can't dust for vomit. Uh, <laughs> like that just caught me. I completely forgot about uh, it and caught me off guard <laughs> that I was just buckled. Right. Uh, there's also a bit where uh, it's, it's a throwaway bit where Davidson Hubbins is he's like just after a. Uh, Nigel Asian is like, he's like, I mean, you can't keep everyone happy. I mean, there's there's been 38 people in this band. for 15 years. It's just 38 members. Most of them have been drummers, I'd imagine. Uh, it's just, it, it wrote the book, man, didn't it? Absolutely right. brilliant. Uh, so there you go. That's our ratings. Um, do we have any other um, th- things on the agenda here? I'm not going to do a smarter case because it's go. just, it's too, the, the film's too short. Too right, well, I'll, I'll ask one question. One then. question, there we go. Um, what Ross, can I, Ross is getting to participate here. Oh, well, he won't know the answer though. Mm. In fact, neither will you. I didn't. All right. Um, what can he fit it up? Is it Derek wearing throughout the entire thing? Uh, Shrewsbury. Shrewsbury, oh, well done, Oh, he won't know Did you have that yours? Uh, no, I wrote it down though because I, I thought it was weird. Shrewsbury. I was like, what, what kind of football top is that? Aye. And it's Shrewsbury, but he oh, also brilliant. wears a West Ham cap at one point. Did he? Mm-hmm. I see that. Terrific. Again, that's a wee nod to sort of like uh, a lot of these bands aren't all for like areas where like, wee towns, wee, wee football teams. Not aye, terrific, man. <coughs> so there you go. That's been it. Um, mm-hmm. If you enjoy the podcast, if there's anybody out there who still actually listens to this, uh, please make yourself known. I'm starting to get a bit um, annoyed here. Like people aren't engaging with us, and I feel as if we just have to come out and just say, "What the fuck is what the fuck is playing it?" I can see the I can see the that the people listen to your yes. podcast. I can see the people subscribe to your podcast, but they're not talking to us, man. What's no. going on here? Um, I really don't know. Do, do, do you say something controversial and get the That's maybe what it is. I'm out of you. Um, what's in the news these days? Um, Boris Johnson, Vince McMahon's coming to SmackDown. Team, team Vince is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Let's start the hashtag Team Vince. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, everybody jumped to Johnny Depp's uh, defence. This they? is this has came out before SmackDown was the other night, though. So he may come and say, "By the way, I've actually murdered ten prostitutes or something." Maybe he edit that out. Uh, 
Right, okay, well, well I'll wait to that. I'll wait to this tonight. Yeah. You can let me know what happens in SmackDown tonight because you're the man with the finger on the wrestling button. And Aye. then you can tell me whether I need to take any. Uh, uh, What's the word for it? Any, any action? Or um, indeed, we are ahead of the game and we were Team Vince a four. A four, he was actually the good guy. Uh, we're playing both sides. Always, highly, always sunny. We're, we're basically hanging. Uh, I, highly sunny. I highly doubt that'll be the case. Um, I, I, I know, that's why I said it. I was playing both sides. <laughs> there you go. Do you, see why we're here? Uh-huh. Maybe because a tactic that, that might work for us, we've, 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 we've challenged people to fights. Will we challenge Always Sunny to a fight? No. Uh, uh, who, who, who are you, Freddy? Have you seen Rob? Rob? Uh, Rob McWay. Oh, oh, he's times. ripped. That doesn't he's mean he can fight. Though. doesn't mean he can mm. fight. I wouldn't fight any of them. Plus, he's kind of nearby sometimes uh, as well. I, I think uh, it's, it's easier charging. No, uh, I think we should still do it, though. Even if we get battered by them, we're good for bussy. Ah, I think then. Rob, you're getting it, mate. Um, fuck, ripped him. I fuck, right? Mm. I, fuck, I mean, seriously, though. Aye. Like, fuck them anyway. Mm. Are they no, like... Are they no Welsh? Aye. They're one of the ones that they're Welsh, but they play in, like, the champ... Well, they never know the championship, but the English. Be like League Two or something. I, I always remember thinking that's really weird. Like that just says everything about England, doesn't it? It's like oh, we'll not have Celtic and Rangers. Like fuck that, but we'll have. It's like the Rangers. Um, but <laughs> Wrexham, Wrexham, Re- oh the prestigious Wrexham. Get them in. I mean, I hope they get promotion just for that, just to highlight how mental well, that is. Let's get a wee bit of money behind them now. Rob's not that rich, is he? I haven't read Ryan Reynolds' corner as well. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds, there's a guy with some money, Rob. He could maybe get the job done. You know what I mean? I hear he's got some money in the bank. Don't know about you, though. Oh, there you go. Um, but if there's any angry Wrexham fans out there, where can they send I'm not getting uh, involved with the... Uh, also, with I'm, I'm pissed off the Rob done a Marky Mark impression on the, on the pod. Aye, uh, I, I heard that. It was terrible. I'm not going to lie, it was terrible. It was, shit. it was really, really bad. I mean, I tweeted them and did it to be like, what? Aye. I mean, that just shows you the level of uh, arrogance of the man. It's quite something. Thinks because he owns Wrexham. Aye. That he can go about doing Marky Marks. I've got, some, I've got some news for you, Rob. You can't, right? There's only one person in the podcast world who's entitled to do Marky Mark impressions and good ones, and that is the real fucking Marty Mac. Aye. Aye. the fucking one, right? Aye. So if you want to do something about it, come and find us. We're up here in Scotland, we'll see how fucking tough you are when you come up to fucking, fucking, no, even, I was about to say the location there, should I give away a location? <laughs> Aye. <laughs> maybe, not, maybe not the address, but. No, maybe not the address. Uh, uh, we're in a town called Motherwell. North. Um, let's not get too specific, right? So, I, don't well, want to be, I don't want to be triangu- triangulate my position. Well, is that what you want? No, we'll date in a designated area that I decide, that's what. Fair enough. So we'll date a car park somewhere in halfway, we'll meet you in Carlisle or something like that. That's not halfway, halfway to Philadelphia, I don't set, think so. No, when he's, well, I'm talking about when he's at fucking one of his matches or something like that. Uh, also not halfway to Wales, but Well, no. well just you, uh, okay, let's rephrase this. You pick a service station. <laughs> Aye. We'll make a journey. Fist to fist combat. You can bring your wee fucking pals, your wee fucking girlfriends, Glenn and what's his face? Charlie. Charlie, they can come and all. It'll be us three versus you three. To decide who gets to the monopoly on Marky Mark impressions. Very nice, I assume. You had to hear first? I'll take Charlie Small. Right, fair enough. Uh, Roscoe, who are you taking? You've got Glenn. Aye, I don't know. Oh, so I'm, I'm left with fucking. Aye. Big Beefcake. Aye. Oh, you're the one instigating this. Aye, true, actually. Aye. Right, listen, I'll just need to, I'll just need to deal with it. Aye, let's, let's wrap this up. Right, see you later. <laughs> Cheerio. <laughs> Thank you.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.